There's a machlokas in the Gemara in uh, Yevamos, on Daf Dalet and Aleph, about Chazal's ability to be Doresh Smuchim. Doresh Smuchim means to analyze two ideas that are found next to each other in Psukim, to ex- expound upon two verses that are next to each other. Rabbi Akiva very famously holds that we can be Doresh Smuchim throughout the Torah. When two Psukim are next to each other, there's meaning to it, there's intentionality, there's a purpose, and we can expound common ideas. Rabbi Yehuda is, uh, he takes issue with certain examples of being Doresh Smuchim and says it doesn't always work out that way. Um, however, even in um, their Machlokas, the Gemara in Yevamos notes, Afilu leman de lo Doresh Smuchim ba'alma, that's Rabbi Yehuda, even according to the one who isn't Doresh Smuchim generally, the Mishnah Torah Doresh. That when it comes to Sefer Devarim, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that you can analyze Sukim that are next to each other, you can extract meaning. And juxtaposition is one of the many devices that Chazal used to do this. Not only is every single word in the Torah as important as the next, but even the positioning of each law and each pasuk bears great symbolism and even halachic ramifications. So with that in mind, let's be Doresh Shmuchim on this week's Parsha, Parsha Shoftim. The beginning of the Parsha, the first pasuk tells us, Shoftim v'shotrim titein l'cha b'chol she'arecha. Appoint Shoftim and Shotrim, judges and officers, Bechol Sharech and all of your gates, Asher Hashem Elokecha Nosein Lecha, that Hashem has given to you, Lishvatecha, Veshavtu Asa'am Mishpat Sedek, right? And they will judge the nation, Mishpat um, Sedek, in a righteous judgment, right? So judges and officers should be in each of our towns, in each of our cities, in order to judge the people. They should be honest, upright, unwavering people. It prohibits taking any form of a bribe, reinforces the notion that tzedek, righteousness, is of the utmost priority when it comes to our legal system. And we even see this, the importance of establishing a moral and upright court, uh, by the fact that it's one of the Sheva mitzvahs b'nei Noach, right? Seven mitzvahs that non-Jews get, one of them is establishing a solid court system, a moral and upright court system. So one might think that after such an important set of psukim, of establishing a judicial system, that defends every person in civilization that is moral and upright, that the Torah would maybe follow up with other forms of expected ethical standards. Maybe it would discuss interpersonal relationships and various factors that may result in Jews standing before these judges. Really anything that would connect to this powerful and important concept in the Torah. Instead, the next topic that the Torah discusses is the prohibition of planting the Asherah tree. The Asherah tree was a simple tree that looked like any other, but it had a different purpose. It was used for Avodah and therefore completely ushered to plan to gain any hana, any benefit from. And Chazal explained this juxtaposition, you know, anyone who appoints an unworthy judge, it's as if he planted the Asherah tree. But it seems like there's something more to those two ideas. That seems like a, a little bit of a superficial connection. So what exactly is the significance of these two, of Shoftim and Shotrim, um, appearing right before the Asherah tree. And if we're really going to be Doresh Smuchim, if we're really going to analyze things that are next to each other when it comes to Parsha Shoftim, then let's take a look at what the Torah was discussing immediately before Shoftim, back in last week's Parsha. At the end of Parsha's Re'eh, it goes into great detail describing the Shlosh Regalim, which begs the question, what does one have to do with the other? What do the Shlosh Regalim have to do with appointing judges? And what does any of that have to do with the Asherah tree? So let's start with the earliest episode in the Torah, which is the Shlosh Regalim. Rav Nevensal explains that the end of Parshish Re'eh is talking specifically about the halachos and the karbanos associated with Aliyah Laregel. 
Without question, we're supposed to be inspired on these trips to Yerushalayim. Imagine taking your entire family to Yerushalayim three times a year along with the rest of the Jewish people. We allow ourselves to be wrapped up in the moment of the celebration, right? But the real test is how we're going to be affected once the Chagim end, once they come to a close. No doubt it's easy to be inspired on the Shlosh Regalim, seeing the nation gathered together, seeing the Avoda and the Beis Amikdash, seeing the Kohen Gadol. That's no question. The question is, what's it going to be like on a daily basis once we get back to real life? When the Chagim are over and we go back to our job, we go back to school, are we still acting like our same old selves? Or are we someone new? Someone who had a profound religious experience? Simply recalling that experience is not enough. Remembering it is not enough. There has to be an action that accompanies it. And therefore, the Torah immediately follows the descriptions of the Shlosh Regalim with what we do to ensure that that spiritual high doesn't fade. Shoftim veshotrim titen lecha. Judges and officers for ourselves, lecha. Rav Simcha Bonam learns that we must make judgments for our, self and for our own self-improvement with the authority and strategies to carry them out. These efforts towards spiritual development must be b'chol she'arecha in, every, in all of our gates and every aspect of our lives in order to realize our full potential. We have to be shoftim v'shotrim. We have to have an action plan in place. We have to be that officer and judge over ourself when it comes to Torah and mitzvot in order to keep that inspiration going. And our job is to find those mitzvot that we're passionate about and make them our own, to use those to fuel our avodas Hashem. Which leads us back to the Asherah tree. What does the Asherah tree have to do with any of this, with the Shlosh Regalim and Shovdim? So Chaim Soloveitchik explains that an Asherah tree is very deceiving. It's as beautiful as any other tree. However, if not used properly, can be turned into a vehicle for Chilul Hashem. Similarly, a judge may have an honest appearance, maybe a regal demeanor. He could fit all of the, all of the character traits that we're looking for. His very image exudes traits that personify honesty, integrity, morality. However, if he is inherently dishonest, if deep down he's not an honest person, then he's no better than a lovely tree whose sole purpose is to promote Avodah They may both look pretty and could be used as a vehicle to, as a vehicle to be Mikade Shem Shemayim, but in this case, they're not. In fact, it's the opposite. These formerly beautiful objects Disgrace the Ribbon Shalom. The Asherah tree teaches us the importance of being sincere in everything that we do. And we must take advantage of spiritual opportunities and cling to the inspirational moments, just like B'nai Yisrael when they were inspired over the Shalosh Regalim, and apply it to your daily life. We have to take, we have to make sure to have Shoftim and Shotrim in place, a solid Chevra, people around us that keep us on the right path, in order to continue channeling our many kochos towards serving Hashem. And finally, taking the lesson of the Asherah tree to make sure that we serve Hashem with sincerity and passion when we daven, when we learn Torah. You know, as we enter Chodesh Elul, we're in the earliest stages of the tshuva process. We have to begin to start thinking about not just tshuva. I think sometimes during Elul, tshuva is very important, but we get so caught up in how to rectify any previous shortcomings in our avodas Hashem, in our interpersonal relationships with those around us. But we forget to ask how am I going to improve this year? Not just how am I going to correct, but how am I going to continue on the path of being a better version of myself, of being the best version of myself? 
How do I stay on this path towards shlemus, self-actualization, to be a complete person? That's the thing that we are constantly striving for. The Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Luzato, he wrote the Mesilas Yisharim and many other, many other Svarim, the Path of the Just, lived in the 1700s in Amsterdam. He discusses this exact question. How does one achieve shlemus? How do we achieve self-actualization? And he quotes a Brisa in the beginning by Rav Pinchas ben Yair, but he gives a very detailed blueprint of all of the different traits that we have to work on and build. And the very first thing, the first step that is essential for a person on the path of shlemus and really essential for tshuva as well is zahirus, awareness. The Ramchal would tell us that the biggest threat to shlemus is not avera, it's not sin. Many of us think that if I don't live up to the standard set for me in the Torah and I commit averas, then I'm never going to grow, I'm never going to reach my potential. That's actually not so true. Averas are inevitable. The Torah sets a tremendously high standard for us to live by. And there's nothing wrong with the realization that sometimes we might fall short. In fact, that's what the mitzvah in the Torah of tshuva is all about. It's what we're going to focus on leading into Rosh Hashanah. Tshuva is specifically set up because we know we're going to sin. It's inevitable. What is the greatest impediment to shlemus then, according to the Ramchal? If not sin, it's a lack of zahiras. It's not thinking about what we're doing. Let me explain. There's an incredible book called Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. There's a study that was conducted in that book. It's something been, it's been on my mind for a while. They are behavioral psychologists and the book is about how to make changes. Their points are often research-based. They'll look and share different studies and experiments that have been done that reiterate the point that they're making. So one study they referenced was about hotel maids and their exercising habits. You think about this. The average hotel maid cleans about 15 rooms a day. They take about 20 to 30 minutes each, bending over, pushing the cart, lifting, carrying, scrubbing, many more on-the-feet activities. In fact, they're probably more active in their job than most other professions. However, the maids themselves don't view them, don't view it as exercise. At the beginning of the study, close to 70% of the maids reported that they do not exercise regularly. And more than a third said that they do not exercise at all. Now, obviously, the question for them became how to define exercise, right? While it's true that they may not have gym memberships or a treadmill or a bike at home, the body does not differentiate in that way between physical activity. A calorie burned is a calorie burned. So the researchers were curious about what would happen if the maid staff were told that they were actually exercising superstars. One group was educated about the benefits of living a healthy lifestyle and was given specific examples of their daily activities as maids. 40 calories burned to change a pair of linens for 15 minutes, 100 calories for an hour of vacuuming, and so on. Meanwhile, the other group was given a basic overview of living a healthy lifestyle and staying active, but was not told about their daily activities as maids and how many calories each task burned. And four weeks later, the researchers, the researchers found something amazing. They checked in with the groups and discovered that the maids who were told that they were actually good exercisers and given specific examples lost an average of two pounds just that month while the other maids hadn't lost any weight. The simple awareness that I am an exerciser and the things that I do contribute to that will help me lead a healthier lifestyle. Not even changing any action, just that awareness, just that zahiras. Imagine, imagine what our lives might look like if we understood the spiritual impact that our daily actions had on us. You daven with a minion today, 10 ruchnias points. 
You learned with a Chavrusa at night after a long day's work and you were tired, but you went anyway. 25 Ruchnias points. You gave tzedakah. 20 Ruchnias points. You volunteered at a Chesed organization. You helped someone even though it was annoying. You spent extra time with a friend who just needed someone to listen to. Imagine if we understood the impact our actions had on us. Just on us, let alone other people around us. Imagine the instant growth that we would see. How great we would feel. This Elul, let's use our imagination and realize that the things we do matter and have immediate impact on who we are and what we are able to achieve. And if we're able to take this awareness, this Zahirus, into the Yamim Norayim, I'm confident that we will all be successful in our Tfilos and continue on the path of becoming the best versions of ourselves. Everybody should have a fantastic Shabbos.